Jono, Tommy, I'm going to give you a phrase, okay? And I want you to give me an example sentence that includes that phrase and puts it in context for what it means, okay? Jono, we're going to start with you. Time is on my side. Well, at least time is on my side, if nothing else. (laughs) Yeah, fine, great. Let's keep I'm it loose. I'm so glad John went first. I had no idea what you were talking about. Yeah, okay, I thought I I'd start I'm with that. Okay, yeah. Right, Tommy, your turn. <laughs> okay. Turn back the hands of time. Turn back the hands of time and imagine you are a teenager again. Brilliant. Jono, back to you. A whale of a time. Ah, uh, when we got the inflatables out, just had a whale of a time. Was there an inflatable whale amongst oh. those? Who knows? Who knows? Lovely. Thank you, Johnny. Tommy, only time will tell. Oh, he's lost eight tasks. Can he go any further? Only time will tell. That's great. A little reference back to The Apprentice. And finally, it's one for me. And the phrase is time well spent. Got it. Investing in something of quality that will endure a lifetime can be time well spent. And so let me tell you about Marlowe Watch Company, creators of British-designed mechanical watches and sponsors of this podcast. With Marlowe, each collection of watches is influenced by a historical story of inspiring human endeavour. And not only are they pleasing to the eye, they're reassuring to hold and to wear. Visit marlowwatchcompany.com to see for yourself. And if you're looking for reassurance elsewhere, you'll find the words quality and value come up time and again in independent online reviews. Marlowe Watch Company. Time well spent. I don't know if you ever tried drinking nice red wine out of a, a white mug. First of all, I don't recommend it, but like it's so like jarring. You like you can't really enjoy this red wine. It's like if you take a wine camping and you've got like a little plastic cup or something. Yeah. Or imagine you drink it out of a rubber cup. This is like that. Right. I was gonna ask if this was your own research or if it was just, you know, student days again. <laughs> I've been testing all sorts. Like the the senses are just amazing, are they? And I think we think about them as like five different senses, and we're so lucky to have them in this brain that pulls it all together. And we probably don't realise just how insanely incredible that is the whole time. Our eyes see, our ears hear, our noses smell, our mouths taste, our skin touches. Or is that just the tip of the iceberg? Hello and welcome to Sketchplanations, the podcast. This week, we start with a riddle. As I was going to St Ives, I met a man with seven wives. Each wife had seven sacks. Each sack had seven cats. Each cat had seven kits. Kits, cats, sacks and wives. How many were there going to St Ives? The answer, of course, is three. Because the detail I neglected to include is that I was going to St Ives to record this podcast. (laughs) And what would this podcast be without my prodigiously perceptive pals, John O'Hay and Tommy Tomster Pellero? Hello. Good evening, boys. That was very good, Robbie. Good evening. (laughs) I promised Jack, Tom, uh, your son, the weekend on his birthday that uh, I asked him. No, he asked me, what are you going to call Tom this week? (laughs) What did you want me to call him? He said, Tomster. Tomster. Okay. <laughs> so it's Tommy Tomster Pellero today. Yeah, he really enjoys listening to them. Um, my daughter Poppy, not so much. She's like, no, boring, boring. But Jack really, Jack's like, no, I want to listen. I want to listen to Daddy. Oh. My dad said he got through two minutes and then got bored. <laughs> <laughs> 
What I like about that is his honesty. Yeah. Can't please everyone. Very, very honest. Very honest. <laughs> my mum was quoting something back to me about the podcast and my dad was completely unaware. She had, he had no idea what she was talking about. I was like, Mum, you've listened. Brilliant. Dad must be a few episodes behind, I think. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure you've both heard that riddle before, though. The old St. Ives riddle. Yes. Jono, what is the answer traditionally? As you were going to St. Ives, you met all these people going the other way, I think is is the key of it. Is that right? That is what is, uh, that's what's implied through the answer. Implied, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are many ways to answer it. I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't hold up in court, I don't think. (laughs) Do you boys know any good riddles? The uh, the riddles that I always remember from The Hobbit. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. A long time ago. Yeah, yeah. When um, when Bilbo meets up with Gollum in the dark and they have a, a riddle off to, oh, yeah. to see who's going to keep keep the ring, and he's just like making them up. It's quite impressive. Um, the one I remember is it's good. It's a good one for kids actually. A box without hinges, key or lid, yet golden treasure inside is hid. What am I? That's the one. An egg. Sure. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> Rapid. Yeah, very good. Is very it? Good. Yeah, that is right. Come on. That's right. You get to keep the ring of power. Well done. Thank you. Mordor. <laughs> um, so I, I did a little bit of research into riddles. Um, so apparently one of the most ancient forms of entertainment and learning. Mm. Um, so from the very, and again, from a very, very small amount of research I did, apparently the first discovered written riddles around 4,000 years old, uh, written by the ancient Sumerians, one of the oldest civilizations in the world from Mesopotamia, which is now the kind of, um, it's, it's kind of Middle East, isn't it? It's Iraq kind of way. Um, so uh, an example of, of one of their riddles, a house you enter blind, but come out with sight. What kind of house is it? I mean, one where an optician lives, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, Eye hospital. A school. Oh. Uh, um, I was going to say something like a maternity ward, because you enter as a baby. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Remember, this is in um, ancient Mesopotamia (laughs) times. (laughs) So another one from ancient Greece. Uh, So that's that's kind of four, five hundred B.C., um, known. This one has a name. Known as the Riddle of the Sphinx. What is the creature that walks on four legs in the morning, two legs at noon, and three legs in the evening? Oh, Tom's got a face to say yeah, that he knows no, it. I do. Now, this is very similar to what I just said. This is a human because when you're a baby, you're on four legs. When you're a middle age, and then when you're a grandpa, you've got a walking stick. He's done it. He's done it. Very good, very good. Yeah, I find them a little bit tedious, to be honest. Uh, Riddle. <laughs> Do you know what we? Um, uh, when you're on walks with kids, it's nice to have activities. That's um, good. And one of the things that we do is like A B C. So you're like, um, I don't know, things in Harry Potter beginning with A, and then you do that, and then B, and then whatever. And so you do a theme. Another one we tried a few times was riddles, and you make up your own riddles. And I was really impressed with the the ones that people come up with. If you're just walking casually and you think of a riddle, <laughs> things like, yeah, I don't know, candles and stuff, they're good for riddles. There's all sorts of meanings to them. You should try it. Should try oh, it. It's good. good. It's good. Try making up your own riddles. Now, that sounds like more fun, making it up rather than, you know, because there, there must be books of these that have been told for 
decades and decades and decades. Uh, so in preparation for this, I've just been asking ChatGBT to write a riddle about tonight's uh, tonight's theme. Uh, and it started with quite a long one. So I said, could you make it a bit shorter? And then it was still a bit long. Uh, and I was like, can you make it even shorter, please? <laughs> and for some reason, I always feel I need to be really polite to ChatGPT. I always like to play, please, That's and good. thank you. So um, I don't know. I don't want to take the thunder away from it, Robbie, but um, there are, I have a two-line riddle about tonight's uh, sketchplanation, if you... Uh, go on. Yeah. Bung it. Let's, let's, let's have a go. It. Come on. Sight may hear, taste may see. I unite senses. What could I be? Very good. It's really pretty impressive. Yeah. Actually, that's good. Say no more. Let's let's leave the listeners kind of oh pondering there. It really reminds me. Um, my uh, my mum grew up in Plymouth, and we go there, and there's something called the Plymouth Sound. Is the yes. like the the bay, um, and I remember my dad always used to say Plymouth is a place where you can see the sound and hear the sea. Oh, which is, that's which is good. Which very similar, reminded me of the chat GPT. But, that's yeah. good. Maybe there I do go. like riddles. Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah, they are Just, good. Maybe I do. <laughs> Thank you to everyone who's listened and who's now subscribed to the podcast every week. It's brilliant to see that listenership growing. Um, obviously, we want to keep that going. So it'd be lovely if you could tell your friends and family about the podcast. Maybe even retweet, retweet, retweet. Maybe even retweet or repost some of the stuff we put out. You can email us about your experiences of the things that we cover to Tom. What's the email address? It's a very good question. <laughs> that was just everyone should know the answer to. And I think it's hello at sketchplanations.com. Oh, he's only got in there, it. Nice one, matey. Very good. Or you can leave us a comment on social media. I think perhaps the most used riddle over time, if you can call it that, is the old classic, why did the chicken cross the road? And we'll never know for sure, but it might have been to get to an internet cafe to download this episode of Sketchplanations, the podcast. So to prevent that being a wasted and undoubtedly risky journey for our quick-footed, feathery friend, let's move this along. This week, we're talking about cross-modal perception which is about how the brain integrates information from the five human senses to produce a coherent impression of reality. And this mostly happens without us being conscious of it and can have surprising outcomes. The artwork for this episode should be showing you Jono's sketch for this phenomenon. But if you can't see it on your podcast player, just pop along to sketchplanations.com and you'll have a look at it there. Cross-modal perception. It is an odd one, this, I think, Jono, because... As I just said there, it, it, it does happen around us a fair bit, but, well, I'll speak for myself, I'm not always that aware of it until something's been pointed out to me and then for a little while in the future after that, I am quite aware of it. Um, and it's, I think it's just quite interesting. And my initial question to you, as always, what was it that drew your attention to cross-modal perception to do the sketch about it? Cross-modal perception came to me when I, when I read an article, um, and I linked to it in the sketch, actually. It was a, a New Yorker article. I can't remember where I found it. It was called Accounting for Taste by Nicola Twilley. This is back in 2015. Um, and it just gave so many interesting examples of... Actually, you know, really, the thing, the thing that really got uh, got me interested in it was... People always complain about plain food. Mm. Yeah. And 
that it's tasteless it's kind of bland doesn't really do much for you exactly yeah and and to be honest i i quite like plain. Mm, I, I, I love sitting on a plane and people serving me food i mean it's just <laughs> brilliant i don't have to do anything food comes it's great bottle of wine yes yeah, please but people complain all the time and this article gives some reasons actually as to there might be some some reality behind it actually tasting worse on a plane John, why don't you tell us some of the examples that you put into your sketch? I think then it gives us a really good idea about what we're talking about with cross-modal perception. Yeah, so well, cross-modal perception, first off, is interaction between sensors. So when, let's say, your your smell affects your taste or how something, the environment, the sound affects what you're eating. So the examples I give was actually from the article, which a coffee tastes better when the machine is quiet and uh, amazingly it tastes less sweet if you drink it out of a white mug it tastes more intense and the other one which as get to it which was the plain food bit which is actually when you have that sort of background noise of the aircraft yeah food tastes less sweet or 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 salty well sorry less sweet or salt and salty when you're flying so hence like- hence when people like, might describe it as being bland kind of flavorless exactly and the other bit of the example was chips taste potato chips crisps taste less fresh if we can't hear the crunch which is another thing that also happens on planes so you know you're 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 eating a crisp on a plane there's a lot of background noise you can't hear the crunch quite so well and therefore your mind goes this this is a little bit stale to 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 associate your hearing with how things taste i found i found this absolutely fascinating it's massively opened my eyes to this kind of thing the coffee machine like it, it tastes better was it tastes better it tastes less sweet less if you sweet. drink it out of a white mug so it tastes i think it was more intense is how they describe it which i, I mean I, I can sort of imagine i mean you know this, these were the results that they found but like um I feel there, like if you drink something out of a white mug, a dark liquid out of a white mug, yeah, you see the contrast. Yes, contrast, black, white, bosh. Of it, right? Yeah. So imagine, you know, if you actually, oh, we have one here, which is a we have a black mug, and it's quite it's quite strange to have a black drink in a mm. black mug. You don't actually have it very often. Yeah, but I should maybe I should test the two. I should line I should line them up. But I think there is something like you see the contrast of the color of the coffee with the color of the mug and that tells your brain that this thing is stronger than maybe it is yeah if you didn't have that contrast i i totally get that it intensifies that color with the white background whereas the the dark let's call it black coffee uh, against the black background it's all kind of blurring in i i I get it but i'd i'd love the next time i have a coffee out of a dark mug you just want both right What's going on here? You just want to try it, don't you? And I should say um, the article references this guy called Charles Charles Spence, a professor in the UK, and and he he won what's called the was it the Ig Nobel Prize, which is for <laughs> for you know research, which is a little bit crazy, let's say, um, and made people laugh, but also maybe made them think. And basically, what he did was he had people eat. I think it was two hundred. Pringles, yeah, and, and the, yeah, reason, and the reason he picked Pringles was they're identical, and so he had people eat Pringles, and he had people with headphones on, and then he would change the noise of the crunch as they ate it, and people, if they didn't hear the crunch, people 
said that the chip was stale, even though they were all the same, was mm. basically what it was. <laughs> it's just like a fascinating and a kind of crazy experiment to do. And as I understand it, Charles Spence's has been and maybe even continues to be quite um, heavily sought after by brands uh, who are developing products and want to improve the customer experience of their products with the packaging, with, I don't know, whatever else you might be involved in. Because I was also, so things about colours as well, colours of, of packaging affecting how we might experience the product. And a, and a lot of the things that, that this chap, Charles Spence, um, has spent time on is around food and food products, right? Um, consumable yeah. products. I mean, it's it's not it's not exactly the same, but I remember for cars, like um, people spending quite a lot of time on the sound that the door makes as you close a car door. Oh yeah, the sort of soft sort of yes, and 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 people have a lot of associations with that sound. Like if it goes ting, you like don't feel like this is you don't feel safe. safe. Yeah, you don't feel safe, right? So you need this like. <laughs> and, and you know, yeah, it's it's probably worth worth quite a lot, and maybe plays quite a lot of uh, part in our experience of all these products. Tommy, what's um what what are your experiences of uh, cross modal perception well, that you know of? Well, so I've brought my uh, Costa coffee cup tonight, um, which I must admit <laughs> I do really quite enjoy drinking out of it. It always makes me feel, oh, this is a really proper cup of coffee. I must admit I don't quite know how I ended up in my house with her. Yeah, I was questioning that. <laughs> um, but I really enjoy as, drinking. As out are of it. any uh, employees of Costa <laughs> yeah. who are listening. But I do think the the redness, for some reason, for my brain certainly, uh, really makes a, a coffee sort of taste more more premium potentially. Um, but you asked me uh, about about my my work, and we certainly found with our teeth whitening range, the Style Smell, we did a lot of work on the packaging, and discovered that really kind of premium packaging and weight of the toothbrush was very important to make people feel that this was going to be more whitening. And we found that in the research groups that when the toothbrush was heavier, they felt that their teeth were actually whiter as a result. They genuinely scored higher really? on the whiteness, on the effects of the product. So we actually ended not, up... Not, wow. just on, not just on their perception of kind of general quality, but on the, the, how they felt that the outcome of what that was trying to do, whiten their teeth... Yeah. Because it was heavier. Because it felt more quality. It felt, therefore, more expensive. So, therefore, it felt like it must be doing more. And the mental perception was that the teeth were whiter at the end. Uh, and, and that kind of thing. So, that's, that's one example. Um, we quite often use what's called a sort of a soft touch spray. Um, and many people will, will have first experienced this on the... You remember when Apple um, iPod first came out and the headphones had that kind of softy texture about them? Oh yeah, I know what you mean. Which at the time, yeah. which now everything has, right? yes. but at the time, yeah, and it was slightly a bit of a pain because it really caught on things, but it just met, made them feel sort of softer on you, uh, and that's a spray that you can put on uh, certain products. So a lot of um, mice, computer mice, have it. And it just feels a little bit softer in the hand. Um, and it's actually just a spray. So so we use that on a, on a few different products. It just makes them feel softer and more kind of gentle. Uh, so on the makeup brush cleaner, we use that on the on the device. And it, it when we were doing the testing, people just found that in their minds that this was therefore probably more delicate on the brush, which was really important mm. for us. Whereas if the device was just hard plastic it felt like all oh, this this feels quite hard quite heavy maybe it's going to be damaging 
versus the, the soft touch. So it's 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 interesting you, you mentioned. So a number of things you mentioned there yes. correlate to some of the things that Charles Spence uh, discovered in some of his yeah. research. So um, you're talking about the color red. So Coca-Cola can red. Yeah. And there's there's a, there's a story, an anecdote about um, they did a, a limited edition where Coca-Cola were supporting polar bears um, in the Arctic and they changed their cans to white and customers reported that they must have changed the formula here because this, this doesn't taste as sweet. You've, you've, you've done something different here. Um, so Amazing. red supposedly um, can make us perceive things as being sweeter. Um you mentioned Is that about why Jono has red glasses? Because yeah, he's a sweetheart. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Does he work on people? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, I try. Um, Tommy, you, you mentioned weight. Um, so again, Charles Spencer's research showed that um, that yogurt was perceived to be more filling when eaten from uh, a slightly heavier container. Really? slightly heavier plastic container they felt like oh yeah, i really yeah. like that i've had a bit more of that it reminds um, me of those um you know the le creuset yeah. pans cooking uh, pans so heavy just like su- surprisingly heavy but maybe you know you serve a soup out of a le creuset pan you know, carry this to the table with you and everybody's like full up after a few <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? genius do that in a restaurant when you just serve heavy bowls and people eat that. So you know the sort of protein shake containers. Should they make those like really heavy? Because then you even you know like if you probably should. I mean, I th- do you know I'm actually thinking about this. I'm hungry all the time. <laughs> getting hungry now. I'm going to start heavy bowl. using heavier containers. Yeah, yeah heavy bowls. <laughs> heavy containers. I'm going to eat out of a cement mixer. <laughs> um, no, the third and the third one that's uh, again from Charles Spencer's research. Um, that cookies seemed harder and crunchier when served from a rougher surface rather than a smooth surface. And you were talking about um, that kind of um, mm. perception of quality. Yeah. But he, he, Spencer's research showed that the, that the cookies seemed harder and crunchier. It's crazy all stuff. And the, the thing that, that gets me is that I, I don't think it is just trickery because it is actually what we're experiencing. It is what consumers are experiencing. So... It, it's it's not trickery it's more enhancery yeah i was thinking there's um uh those wine glasses i think make a huge difference t- mm. to the to the experience but i believe also to the taste and some of them the, the glasses sort of say that because you've got like a you know a, a big basket essentially for the yep. fl- the smell to oscillate in that you're you're getting more out of the wine yeah also like the thinness of the glass there's something about you know if you go to a fancy restaurant they will have super thin glasses and it's just so di- i don't know if you ever tried drinking white red wine a nice red wine out of a, yeah. a white mug uh I, I, first of all i don't recommend it but like it's so it's so like jarring you like you can't really enjoy this red wine it's like if you take a wine camping and you've got like a little plastic cup or something yeah like "Mm, this this, isn't right mm, yeah and it doesn't matter how good how good the wine is when you drink it or imagine you drink it out of a rubber cup or something like that yeah i was going to ask if this was um your own research or if it was just you know (laughs) student days again i've I've been testing all sorts there's red solo cups you know 
one sort of ones you play beer pong with. You know, those are great for yeah sa- sangria. <laughs> you've you, basically you've drunk red wine out of every possible type of vessel, Johnny. I think is what we're discovering. Yeah, yeah. if you give me a bottle of red wine, I'll try it. Out. <laughs> I do remember somebody drinking it out of a shoe once. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't somebody we knew, but but also um, people always say that tea tastes better out of uh, out of a teapot or out of a china mug or out of a china cup. Yeah, I, and I, 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 yeah, maybe because I've been told that that is whenever it is served to me in a china cup, I do always enjoy it more. But is that the flavour? Is that just the, the overall enjoyment of it? There's something. Are you enhancing the, the experience of drinking tea, not necessarily the flavour? When. Um... At the coronation recently, we got out the tea set. Ooh, <laughs> we, lovely. Don't, we don't use it very often, but oh. it's sort of up in the cupboard. We're given a, you know, a historic tea set from the from the family. So we're like, right, if you're going to drink tea, Now's coronation's a good time to do it. You know, you have have a little saucer and a and a little a little teeny little handle, and you put your little finger out. <laughs> yeah, lovely. Yeah, there you go. Get the full experience. I mean, I do think the thing with it. Mm. Honestly, like the best innovation a coffee shop could do would be to make it quiet. Like yeah. coffee machines just so oh, and that noisy, bang, like. bang, bang to empty the thing out. You kind of like <laughs> yeah. it's like someone's having a fight in the corner, isn't it? When they're smacking yeah. it, it is intrusive. If you go in to have a chat with somebody in a coffee in a coffee shop, yeah. nah, you're right. Yeah, so so like maybe the best thing you could do to to improve the taste of the coffee would be to insulate your coffee machines mm, and do yeah. the grinding in the cupboard or something yeah. like that yeah it's so different from that's probably one of the nicest sort of coffee experiences i remember having was in it in italy but just a homemade espresso sitting on like a, a little deck looking out over the hills and it was super quiet and lovely obviously it's a mm. nice day and, and i feel like it tasted i feel like it tasted better there as well there you, you know, go in that, in that peace and quiet there's a lot of examples well beyond food as well. And and I think TV and films are brilliant at creating this kind of perception and this feeling. And have you ever watched um, Master and Commander, the Russell Crowe film, where he's on, oh, the, no. where he's on the boat? It's just this amazing film where he's, a, he's the captain. And apparently on the first day, he was like, right, OK, to get all the actors to make us all feel like this crew, we're all going to wear different outfits. So the, the, the captain had it and the, his kind of commanders, as it were, they were all given a certain uniform and then everyone was given a different uniform, like just a, it was just a T-shirt, right, to make them suddenly, because although they were all like actors and they all kind of sort of knew each other, it then gave a, an instant hierarchy to the yeah. to the people to everyone while they were kind of practicing and it sort of apparently it sort of created this thing of you know them and us and you know and it gave that kind of perception which then fed across really nicely I- into the film um God, it's really powerful isn't it yeah how how our environment how our dress how what we wear how you know prefix badges and the and the kind of tie when you're in sick form that you get to wear or that sort of stuff how that creates that that perception as well and robbie i'm sure you you have that in 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 your filming where you're kind of trying to get people to to feel in a certain way and when the music starts coming into the uh the episodes before they air and um, how that suddenly makes it feel like it's underground or at the sea or yeah you do yes yes so you use of music with um what kind of work i do um factual documentaries yeah you do but but this is the same across um 
all types of um, film and telly, I think, where you use music to build uh, build an emotion. Yeah. Whether that's um, tension or whether that's joy or whether it's I don't know, whatever it might be. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, which which again is is it's the way we are perceiving what is coming at yes. us and, and using as many senses as we can. I thought you were going to say, when you said TV, I thought you were going to say smell-o-vision. Do you remember, oh, do you remember yeah. about that? Because that, yeah. that, that doesn't really come up, even in those 4D things, do they? I remember, yeah, like they'll blow wind at you or bubbles yeah. or something. <laughs> we're, not, we're not very good at like controlling smell and getting rid of it and changing it to the next one you know like you can well you can change a picture right just like that yes and you can change you can sounds. swap something out but it's actually quite hard to like sweep a room of one smell and change it to another smell don't we know it <laughs> Cur- yeah. no you're, you're you're right though um, go on, go on you, you feel like currently it's the sort of next frontier isn't it we just like digitalize we just haven't managed to really digitalize smell in a way that we can sound and the other senses yeah one day you have a chat GPT for smell. Can, can you give us a smell for a family reunion, please? What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> could be the future. You know, I did. I did. Um, uh, went went round front of mine's house and we did like a pub quiz and everyone bring their own round and you do it around the table and um, one of them did a round of smells. So little jars, little ramekins with tin foil over the top and a few holes pierced in the top, so you couldn't see what was in there you just had to smell Mm. it and say what it was and these were very common these were very common items that we should all know that we all smell and and eat it's so tough though when you can't see it and the and then another round they did the second round they did shots of different types of booze like rum whiskey tequila gin vodka but put food coloring in them okay and so that's taken away from you. That sight was taken away from you. Now you've got the flavour. Like, oh, I don't... Is that whiskey or is it vodka? I mean, you should know it's the difference just between horrible. whiskey and vodka. They're such yeah. different flavors. <laughs> oh, yeah, neither of them are that nice to take a shot of. But, yeah, we're so, so, we're so dependent, I think. Probably most people, most of the time, are really dependent on cross-modal perception. Yeah, I'm, I mean, even if you just did... a bunch of fruit and you, or even a yogurt you said like what flavor yogurt is this but they didn't tell people what yogurt yeah. it was I, yeah i would easily get it wrong it's yeah. <laughs> when, when i don't know so i was thinking there is some i've never been there i don't know if you guys have been there. there's like a, a one of those restaurants where you go in and completely in the dark and they take away all all the other senses i've not been done that i've not been no i just think it would be a, a, a fascinating experience but I, i've never i have done a was it a float tanks those are getting rid of all your senses there you just lie and you're in super salty water in a little pod and so you basically float and it's perfectly at room temperature so you don't have any sense of weight and you can't feel any temperature and it's completely dark after some time basically pitch black mm. and you can't hear anything because it's all insulated as well so basically all of your senses have gone it's it's a weird experience just, All you can do just, is is lick yourself to taste something. I, I guess you could, you know, maybe. <laughs> you take it again a little bit. Like, oh, that's salty. Weird. So, how how long do yeah. you stay in there? No idea. No. Could have been three weeks. All of a sudden, the lights come on and you're like, a, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Feel a little bit hungry. Lost some weight. Oh. Um, do, doing a bit more reading around 
cross-modal perception. I, I don't, and John, tell me, I don't know if you know any more than this, but why it physiologically or psychologically happens, I, I don't think there's a, a widely accepted scientific answer for a lot of them. Is that is that right, from what you know? I'm afraid I've I've not gone into the science of it. I just found the experiment so, so fascinating. But no, I mean, there's mm. a lot of... I don't know. Yeah, our brains and our senses are just amazingly complicated, and there's probably so much we still still need to find out. Maybe somebody has found it out, but I I haven't unfortunately. In this world. Mm. I mean, I did. I did read, we read somewhere that something like um, the color red having an association with sweetness could be um, j- just from uh, regular associations or many associations in nature. So things like strawberries and apples or whatever else, yeah. red and. I mean, they taste sweet, I, but I don't. I don't know. And and that's the whole thing about this field. Like some of it is to do with the mechanics of our of, of our senses, and some of it is to do with just how we've been brought up, how we associate things. Yeah, conditioning. Yeah. My my kids, Jack, is currently obsessed with Prime because of the influences, because of YouTube. Um, and I've tasted it; it's disgusting. But he just thinks it's <laughs> utterly amazing. We had to drive to miles away asda recently to go and get a can for him you know and that's just that's a perception that's just been built up for him and they're very plain looking cans well the 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 thing going around the, the school here at the moment is something called air up where you basically drink water but yes there's a little sachet of smell so you just basically have a different smell as you're drinking the water and it gives you the flavor of the water what essentially well done yeah. john i've got it downstairs he loves that as well <laughs> have you really yeah and oh. like everyone in his class seems i've to not have tried them. it and it's it's exactly this it's a a bottle of water with a smelly pod that goes at the top of the straw so when you suck up through the straw you get the smell of orange or black and can you change or, what you put in that yeah. little pod on the straw you can t- and you can sh- you can pull it out a little bit more to get more smell or less smell <sighs> I had a, a, a boss who said that he, he felt we had probably like an evolutionary evolutionary preference for cold water, and and the thing because I think that's true. Like if you if you drink lukewarm water, is just not nearly as satisfying mm-hmm. as yeah. cold water. Yeah, and he said, well, you know, what is what is cold water normally? Cold water is running water, fresh, and it's uh. fresh water. And even if it's just as clean and just as fresh, if it's not cold, it doesn't seem that way. And so mm. it doesn't have the same effect. And this, this wasn't science. It was just an opinion. But it's, it's quite a good one. I think it's just, there's probably something in it. I think most, if not all people, at least most people will experience cross-modal perception in some way or another, whether they know it or not. But what not everybody um, experiences is something called synesthesia. Yeah, which is where people see colors and and or shapes with certain letters or words or numbers, that kind of thing. Does that make sense to you? Like when I first heard about this, it didn't make sense to me at all. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know the details, but I think yeah, I think it's where you sort of naturally associate one sense with another. Um, I remember, I, yeah, I always remember this. The beginning of Fantasia, the first one, the Disney one, where they were putting classical music, but to an animation, and it's such an interesting exercise to just like go, well, "What? We've just had this blare of trumpets. What does that look like?" Yes. Now we've got some violins. 
and they're sort of going up, up at, I say it, like they're going up and down. It's like a wave or something. So we're going to draw a wave. And I think it's so interesting when you go, okay, that that music like feels spiky to me, let's say, yeah. versus that music feels soft. Like, yeah. And uh, but, but some people generally experience, I think they experience colours or shapes when hearing music or seeing a letter or writing a number that that they have those kind of associations that is very real for them i i don't have it and it's very difficult i think for somebody who doesn't have it or ever experienced it to to try and explain it and if none of us do experience synesthesia then we'll probably not do a great job of it <laughs> I, if if there are any synesthetes synesthesia experiencing listeners do let us know what it's like listening to this podcast that would be really interesting to know um yeah hello at sketchplanations.com uh send us an email i'd, I'd love to know I'd, I'd be fascinated i, I don't think i've ever yeah, met yeah. anybody or at least i might have met them but i haven't ever spoken to them about it who has the yeah. um, synesthesia yes yeah, fasc- fascinating it is it's amazing um another one i came across was uh the mcgurk effect which yeah is <laughs> um i love it you know so exactly what, you, what it is Jenny, johnny you're just gonna see if robbie can do it <laughs> so it's what, i don't it's, know very well it's 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 when what you hear is influenced by what you see so we've talked a lot about tastes yeah in the first part of the podcast here um so this is this is very much the mcgurk effect is very much about what you hear being influenced by what you see. And and the great example that I've seen, you can look it up on YouTube, listeners, it's, it's brilliant. Um, there's a guy going, basically going, bar, bar, bar at the camera. So you hear bar as in B double A, let's say. Then they dub that bar, 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 the sound over him going far, far, which is a very different uh, shape that you make with your mouth to produce the F, far far but what you what you hear and and it's very difficult to you you have to look away if you want to try and hear bar when he's making the mouth shape of bar that's amazing it, it's it's almost <laughs> impossible it's almost i i, I yeah I, I can't do it it doesn't matter how much you concentrate on trying to hear the other thing because he's making a different shape with his mouth you hear what his mouth is doing it's like the power of like lip reading generally, isn't it? <clears throat> Makes such a difference into your your interpretation of what somebody's saying. Like, yeah, you can sort oh, of yeah. miss stuff, and you just you you figure it out by what you see. But I guess you can play with it as well, and which helps in noisy um, coffee shops. <laughs> yeah, Genuinely, it really does. <laughs> yeah, it would. It really like does. Them. And I think, and I think maybe a third. Um, a, a third phenomenon within this realm is ASMR, uh, mm. which I've written down: autonomous sensory meridian response. Which again, yeah. I don't experience, um, but what I understand it's certain sounds or maybe even um, feel that gives you a kind of tingly sensation through your head and spine. I, 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 I mean, I don't know a lot about. It. I remember reading an article in wired magazine about various like youtube channels which would suddenly massive because it just had videos of people 
just doing interesting things like um I remember one of them was like running their hand through a bowl of M and M's. You know, it's just like that, and you've got the colours and the shapes, and then but you've got that sort of sound of them all moving about, and uh, yeah, curious things like that, which evidently make you know really affect people in certain ways because it seems to be really popular at the moment. And some of it, sometimes it's it was whispering, so there were um, like it would be people being really close to the mic and just whispering it, like whispering words like this. Amazing! Nice That's really see. cool. And and apparently, that, I mean, that's a thing. Like, As you said, there's like, loads of videos of this kind of stuff. Does that make everyone want oh, yeah. a tea or a coffee? Oh, wow. It's like we're in a coffee shop. Oh. <laughs> now now oh. we're just doing sound effects. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> if you want to download any sound effects used to this podcast, please feel free. <laughs> and God help you. Any conclusions or um, anything else you want to talk about on cross-modal perception around McGurk or synesthesia I had, I had one one more related sketch explanation I have around sensors oh yeah um, it took me a long time to find it because it was just one word um, but the the word is proprioception um, which no doubt won't mean anything to anybody but it's basically it's our ability to to know the position and movement of the joint our joints and limbs Without oh, I remember seeing this. Yes. Yeah. What's it called again? Proprioception. Pro- proprioception. So the yeah. fact right now you can tell that you're sat on a chair and maybe that your legs are crossed or your yeah. legs are down or your arm is up in the air. And actually it's quite disorienting. Like imagine if you wake up and your arm is like above your head or something. Maybe it's a bit disorienting for a moment where your your brain figures out where, you where are. your limbs are. Yeah. Yeah. Um <clears throat> But apparently, apparently, I quite like it because I think this is why I heard about it. It's apparently it's easily impaired by alcohol. It messes <laughs> with our ability to sense our position of our joints and limbs, which is, of course, exactly what happens. People get clumsy, right? You start, people knock stuff over. And so uh, at one point, it, it was used as a sobriety test by police. So if you... <laughs> I mean, I won't try it right now, but if you if you stand on one leg and you put one arm out to the left and then you shut your eyes and then you try with your other hand to touch your nose with your eyes shut, you can do it just about if you're if you're if you're sober but apparently if you've had a few drinks it's actually really hard to do so next time you have a few drinks it might be a fun thing to try what you say it used to be tried but not long ago because that's that's like the classic bit in american cinema right the guy gets pulled over by the cops and he's made to do the the drunk test where you walk down the dotted line and then you do the stand on the leg arm out touch your nose thing do they yeah, I've seen it loads of times in American films and stuff. Oh, have you? Oh, I don't know about walking down a line, but I've, I've never seen the, the stand on one leg touch your nose. I've I've definitely seen that in uh, Americana culture in in films and stuff. I've also seen it in a brilliant YouTube video, which is on a um, police dash cam, and it's late at night, and this um, uh, police officer's pulled over a driver who she suspects to be drunk. They're chatting out the back of the car, and you can hear it all. And the chat, and he's doing it all. He's walking down the straight line. He's walking down the line. He's doing the finger on the nose thing, standing on one leg. It's absolutely fine. And then he catches her out because they're just chatting, and she knows what she's doing. And she catches him out um, to the point where he's so relaxed, just talking to her. And he goes, "Yeah, down at the bar just now, me and my buddies, we were having about four or five pints." And then, 
Oh, <laughs> you got me. <laughs> I'll take you around. That's good. Like the the senses are just amazing, aren't they? And I think we think about them as like five different senses, and we're so lucky to have them in this brain that pulls it all together. And we probably don't realize just how insanely incredible that is the whole time. I totally agree. And and for me, at least for the next week or so, having done this podcast, I think I will be more conscious of cross modal perception, the ones that just happen automatically. Um, around us all the time yeah. I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to, at least i'm going to try and be more conscious of them and maybe do a few little tests on should, on myself we should try eating a packet of crisps with with headphones on yeah so you can't hear the crunch and see if it's see if it tastes stale i think that would be a fun one to do whilst listening to sounds of a coffee uh, a barista <laughs> coffee maker out of a red bag yeah <laughs> <laughs> this tastes like banana <laughs> It's that it's that it's that magic combo when you get it right, you can make anything taste like anything. <laughs> Another area so we talk so much about about food. Another area where that, that's very multi sensory is of course sex. But uh, I'm not prepared to go into that um, in this podcast, and I'm pretty sure none of our listeners want to hear us talking about it either. I think you're probably right there, Rob. <laughs> but uh, one one to think about. <laughs> Um, genuinely though we'd love to get um, more examples from you our listeners of cross-modal perception that any others that you're aware of uh, that that we haven't talked about you can send your emails to hello at sketchplanations.com or you can leave us a comment on any of our social media channels we're taking a week off from going through your correspondence this week because well quite simply um, I'm not around to record it but we'll be back with a vengeance next week and we do read everything you send in so Thank you. And then we'll have a good old read-along at the end of the episode next time. And next week, we'll be talking about the cost of being late, which may very well end up being a bit more of a finger-pointing exercise, just like the episode on fubbing was. <laughs> um, Certainly not. Controversy, left, right and centre. Um, Jono's sketch on the cost of being late is up on sketchplanations.com, of course. Uh, if you want to start working on your excuses now <laughs> or you can tune in next week to find out who amongst us is the biggest culprit well that's it for this week's episode thank you all very much for listening and finally before we leave you I've just had news in that the chicken made it safe and sound they downloaded the episode and they left us a five star rating nice one chickaroo stay well guys go well cheers goodbye see you next week and don't be late Music on this podcast series is sourced from the very talented Frank Cinelli. And you can find loads more tracks at frankcinelli.com.